Hi, Ian here, one of your veteran viewers of Babylon 5, and here comes a spoilerific commentary. This commentary contains spoilers for all the way through till the end of season 4, and a few teaser spoilers for season 5. Do not listen to this commentary if you are a new viewer. Do not listen to this commentary unless you have viewed all of Babylon 5. This is a spoiler warning. This is your final chance to leave this commentary. I am starting very soon. Now, if the only people remaining are those veteran viewers who have seen all of Babylon 5, the episode we are doing a commentary on is for Season 4, Episode 22. That's a deconstruction of falling stars. You know how spoilerific this is. So get all your DVDs and legal downloads or however you're viewing this episode ready. And we'll begin very soon. I'm not doing this podcast alone, however, as I've got a guest with me. Yes, with me is Josh, who co-hosts my other podcast that's out there called The Web of Queer, which is a Doctor Who podcast. Um, Hi, Josh. Hey. So, have you seen Babylon 5 before? Uh, I have seen it before, but I haven't seen any of it for about 15 years, so my memory is a bit hazy. I might be alright for this one, because it's fairly unique, isn't it, this episode? Yeah, I do have vague memories of what it's uh, going to be, but um, hopefully I'll I'll remember all the, the people and the plots going on. <laughs> but it's a bit different. Well, now's the last chance for you all to back out. Uh, so if you've got everything queued up, I'm going to count us in. Everyone press play when I say so and not before. I'll count you in. Three, two... One, play. And we're actually starting off a bit before... Sorry, a bit after actually everything we saw in the last episode. They're getting back to Babylon 5. Yeah, I'm I'm glad of that. I had a bit of a quick preview of the last episode to catch myself up and it wasn't on Babylon 5, so it was a bit Yeah, in between then and now they've gotten married apparently. Kind of strange watching this now, going through season two, because the characters do change quite a fair bit. Yeah, well, I remember Delenn didn't even have hair at the beginning, so... Uh, uh, she's she only just got hair in her watch through. And they didn't get on so well, so... Yeah. You've got to have a will-they-won't-they they sort of plot going on in something this do. long. <laughs> But it's also pretty good that they actually get married at the end, you know. Most shows won't do that. It's nice to have a happy ending. (laughs) So, I suppose I should say why I chose this episode. Oddly, this was the very first episode of Babylon 5 I saw all the way through. I'd seen clips and bits and pieces of it beforehand... But this was my very first one. (laughs) It's a very weird one to start on, but it really got me hooked.
Yeah, I guess if it's um, got strange little glimpses of other things, that's going to uh, make you want to know what's behind it all. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I like this whole idea that for um, Centauri marriage ceremonies are kind of like funerals. Yeah. I think sometimes Earth marriages can be a bit like that. They always had a really nice dynamic. You know, it just felt like they've got really good banter going back and forth. They feel like a married couple. Yeah. It must be a bit strange with something that starts as a space station kind of story. And now by this time, they've completely changed um, the political... Uh, Landscape. I know, I know. It's a great thing about Babylon 5. And here we've just switched to the um, other view um, where the rest of the episode will continue because before that was normal episode. This is found footage, um, you know, and you're just now thinking, what? what's going on? Yeah, I can actually um, remember at the time when this was first broadcast, um, being a bit confused of what was happening. It's like, like oh, we're not just carrying on the story. <laughs> but I like I like it when shows are brave enough to do something different. Year of fire, the year of destruction. Oh, I do love this opening credits. I'd completely forgotten this particular opening. Because it changed a few times. Yeah, they so. changed it every year. And of course, if you're listening to this super secret spoiler commentary, then in a few years' time, we're going to want your help because we're going to need extra voices for our opening um, monologue. Even this part of it, where you, you've got now Jerry Jaw coming into frame, it's, yeah, the way they've done these credits you know yeah it always got me excited when it was uh, starting up and it's it's good that they most shows they intercut what's going on and they show you what they what they like and a still picture next to it well almost still picture so it's a bit different yeah definitely and of course they change it up every year so mm. you know it always feels fresh and it encapsulates the feel of each season as well, so well. Created by J. Monko Sadinsky. <laughs> so this is another ISN thing. They do a couple of these throughout the series. I look kind of like it. You know, it, 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 it's done really well. <laughs> It it does kind of date the show a bit though. It it's it um starts that's feeling like a nineties show with some of this stuff. Yeah, we still get these type of um reports though and then you know Yeah, but I, I think talking we're, heads. we're more used to them being more glossy these days. 
there'd be a lot more video screens behind the people. <laughs> yeah, that does date it a little bit. But then again, that's a stylistic approach for the news nowadays. Maybe they strip it back in the future because it's getting too distracting. Yeah, that's a good point. But one thing I didn't notice before is earpiece. They would have better <laughs> tech than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always like the um, the background design. It always felt like a, a real place. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it, they make sure they do that, don't and they? And it's not all shiny, um, like Star no. Trek was at the time. This this feels like people actually live in these places. <laughs> Still from the um, in the beginning movie, just back then. They're doing this montage shots, and half of them are actually production photos. All right. <laughs> it is a good way to get through your exposition. To uh, <laughs> let's just have reporters say it all. <laughs> yeah, it also feels very realistic. <laughs> Oh, this is something you'd see nowadays. Yeah. Whereas back in the 90s, this would actually be people in studio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could get video links sometimes, but they uh, they were often went wrong. And I don't think you'd, they'd attempt three at once. Definitely not. It is strange with it being such an old show. It does actually look quite good. I mean, um, you know, especially when I haven't seen it for so long, I was I'm surprised that it's actually as old as it is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the good thing about the later season of Babylon Five. It's got such high production value that it it ages so well. The earlier seasons, not so much. Hmm. Well, that often happens with shows. They don't give them much money to begin with until they're sure that people like it. <laughs> it's really interesting as well. The The first news report is basically at the start of the new year when the interstellarites is just starting out and they're making all these sorts of predictions and assumptions it, it it gives you an insight again. I they do it with ISN all the time, comparing what the media are saying about these people and what you're seeing in their real life. It sort of reminds me now of um, the sort of conversations you get on forums now. Like you know, after the last episode, this is what people would have been talking about. Except there weren't many forums back then. Um, oh, there are a few. But like, if, if it was uh, out these days, we'd especially. be having all these conversations about, you know, what's going to happen now with this alliance, how will it work? And the, instead of the fans, it's the uh, characters on screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, our um, newbies, Elizabeth and Heidi, are going to be really pleased when they do this stuff on Mars because they've been wanting to see more about Mars and I know that eventually they're going to see it. They just have to bear in there. Mm-hmm. It's a bit timely as well for when we're recording because they're talking about independence for Mars and we've just uh, been through the vote ha- for independence for Scotland. So, Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> But we haven't had any, um, I was about to say, well, we haven't had any violence over that yet, but (laughs) there was violence over independence for uh, Northern Ireland, and that was worked out, but, you know. Well, it's happened all through history, hasn't it? uh... Yeah. It's what's good about this show. It can draw on history and make sure people think about what's going on now. Yeah, and it's one of those things is you you learn from history what's probably going to happen again in the future. So you can just reuse these things because you know it'll... it'll Uh, And that last comment was, you know... The, about the formation of new political parties on Mars, and of course, if Scotland had won their independence, that's exactly what would be talked about on the news. Yeah. That sort of thing. And we're back to an educational broadcast. <laughs> and this, again, is something you intellectualised discussion of real people and making assumptions about um, what they were like and, you know, putting your own views onto historical figures. Yeah. Of course, I haven't gotten into it yet. (laughs) I wonder how a lot of viewers felt, though, with uh, this sudden change in style. Because, I mean, you know, I find all the background kind of stuff really interesting, but some people might be uh, put off by it. <laughs> if they don't tend, to, if they don't want to watch these sort of shows normally, what, you know, they might not want to watch them in a future setting. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, one thing with this is that um, a lot of people have said they really don't like this episode, mm. you know, probably because of its format. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I really do love it. And it's not just because it's the first episode of what's... It's because it expands the universe. Yeah. And you actually, in this episode, you... It changes how you view the actual TV series. Because for me, it Babylon 5 is actually future history. The whole of Babylon 5 has already happened. And, the you, you know, the future of the Babylon 5 universe is actually a million years going forward. Mm. The past of the Babylon 5 universe is the story of Babylon 5 and what we're seeing here. I'm getting drawn into it. (laughs) Oh yeah, because it's really quite good. It's and even if you don't know about these characters, if this is the first thing you're hearing about the characters, it really makes you want to find out more about them. Yeah, I'm starting to see how strange it must have been for you, um, seeing this as your first 
episode. It's it's more it's it's less like you're watching an episode of Babylon Five and more like you've just got a bunch of people telling you about the story. Except they're all they're all in the future. They're not just some friend trying to get you. Yeah, to watch. <laughs> but it's also they're barely talking about it. It's like one long extended teaser trailer. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And this whole scene is actually played out again in um, season five. Oh, really? And you actually see it in context. And this is a great thing. You see this clip and you see it in one context and you draw one opi- can draw one opinion from it and the the panellists do, but when you see it in context, mm. it gives off a whole different meaning. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's always a thing with anything you watch on the news on telly. It's uh, you're not seeing the whole context for it. Oh, exactly. Did they um, reshoot it for the, when they show it in five? Like, do you get the same camera angles or? No, no. It's I think from what I remember, it's shot differently. Mm. Um, but you know. From what I remember, a lot of it is very similar. Mm. It could have even had separate cameras. You see, they're, they're, they're saying Sheridan is clearly pathological. <laughs> just from that clip. Yeah. But you can be very selective in reporting, can't you? Oh, Definitely. You see, yeah, the, the, this woman here is one type of historian because uh, there seems to be two types of historian. The big picture historians who say individuals had nothing to do with shaping history and it's all about groups of people doing things and the tide of history will just go forward because of groups of people and then you've got the other type who are all about the individual and the individual who forges history and a lot of the time it's actually a mixture of the two things yeah. it's it's how an individual affects groups and how that group affects the individual and creates the right individual for the right moment or the wrong individual in the case of some people yeah uh, and both can affect history. This quote here. It's, yeah, you you get historians like that. I think there's also a tendency for TV shows to find people with the most opposing views and get them on rather than anybody who would just take a middle view. (laughs) And the great thing is you get Delenn here at the end. And she speaks for herself, but if you're listening and watching properly, you, you see her telling the truth. 
I'm trying to say, if you'll say, in that world watching this educational report, you could be buying into what the politicians are saying, but if you're watching it carefully enough, you probably would see her as throwing all that to the ground. Whereas, so for me, for example, coming in to this fresh, it's talking all this thing, and then you get this compelling performance by Mira Furlan, and it draws you into that character, and you pay attention to what she's saying, mm. and you want to know what Sheridan was like. Because... Well, you see it at the beginning, you see a glimpse of him, but it's her words here that really sell Sheridan. Yeah. Not bad age makeup either. No, especially for the time. That's uh, that's well done. Oh, yeah. They've even, they've this... even managed to thin out her hair as well. Yeah. I have to miss things like that. But I reckon that was a separate headpiece that they blended in. Because mm. ever since they changed her um, appearance, they had problems with the bl- bone ridge piece and getting it to blend in properly. But here, it just looks brilliantly done. Yeah. It looks natural. Uh, I really want. I'm really looking forward to our newbies getting here. It must be hard having the patience to uh, pace it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially when you've seen it all, you just want to get through it. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I chose this for a commentary. But it, you know, it's one of my favourites. Do you remember this bit? That looks a bit dated. <laughs> the background hologram thing. Yeah. Good thing it doesn't last long. Yeah, they hadn't even quite sorted out green screening back then. <laughs> Yeah, what he's holding there kind of looks like Al's little device from Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah, with the seafood plastic. You've got to have seafood plastic yeah. in the future. <laughs> of course you do. Look at the little symbol on his uniform. That looks like an SS uniform. <laughs> it does. I mean, well, the symbol definitely... Yeah. and. I think that's just one of the indications of really good um, costume design. That's another Hallmark and Babylon 5. I think they do really good costumes, except when they're doing casual clothes for the humans. 
Yeah, well, because... that seems to a lot of shows seem to decide that in the future, um, people's casual clothes are just basically um, just really rough cloth, baggy things. No, <laughs> no, no, Babylon Five. You like haven't seen Babylon Five look like in a while. <laughs> no, this is five hundred years later, and yeah. that's a uniform. But what, what, what I think... Yeah, but it just looks like you, hospital scrubs. <laughs> well, he's... Uh, yeah, uh, but if you actually see some of um, Babylon 5... Um, I mean, everyone who's watching this has seen some Babylon 5. But some of the early stuff, especially, their casual wear is, a lot of the time, 90s casual wear. Yeah. Early 90s casual wear, and it just looks really bad. Two great concepts about this little sequence. You know, what does it mean to be you? Because you invest in these holograms as the characters, but they're they're still constructs of who they were. But they they are them. Hmm. Um, uh, and kind of the whole idea of Membari philosophy, and I think one of the reasons why Delenn accepts this so easily is Membari philosophy. Uh, that, you know, the soul isn't contained in the body, the soul projected from somewhere else into the body. Well, that's one of their explanations from what I remember. So, who she is isn't a physical body. So, she's here. Oh, I am here. My body might not be, but I am here. Yeah, I find it a lot easier to accept. Yeah. And the impression here is that history's repeated itself and Earth's become a fascist state again. Uh, and again, this is really good. It's 500 years after Babylon 5, about 700 years from now, and the human race is essentially the same. Mm. It's brilliantly done, because, yeah, it takes far longer than that for a species to change. Well, yeah, I mean, 500 years isn't really that long. Um, we We haven't changed our attitudes much in the last 500 years. We've got a lot of new technology in the last 100, but... Um, politics is still pretty much the same <laughs> yeah I'm starting to wonder if, if we could have one of those little hologram things and you could have all your favourite past celebrities in it and just <laughs> bring them up whenever <laughs> you want to see them get them to play a concert for you or something <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you would get things like that, wouldn't you? You might even be able to rig up um, fictional characters to interact with them. Could you imagine going on this sort of holodeck thing and taking an adventure with one of the Doctors? Or all of them. Yeah. Except they just argue. (laughs) (laughs) And this bit... the. Even when I saw it the first time, 
it made me uncomfortable and quite scared because the impression you had of Sheridan even before now, this isn't him. He's being forced to be somewhere else and it's scary because even nowadays you can what you can do with editing and manipulation software mm-hmm. you can you can do things like this, not quite to this scale, but you can change who someone is and present it to people really easily and how can they tell whether it's the truth or not? Yeah. And then once you got far enough into the future, nobody would even know what the truth was. Yeah, because even if, you know, you two call the records in the world, time will pass and, you know, records will get lost along the way. It always happens, no matter how good your recording software is or methods. If the lies are more interesting than the truth, they'll be the ones that get remembered. Yep. It's really good as well acting, I think, because there's you can see when the switch goes off and they they're told to do these things. They there's a mixture of a robotic performance and a mixture of being a completely different personality. And it's a good example of who some of your core characters are as well. You see the secrets and you really get a sense of who the characters are. And again, makes you want to see more because this... Yeah, I wanted to get to know Garibaldi and find out who he is. Because he's really kind of cool in this. (laughs) You know... And the thing is, he started working on this plan um, the moment he was told he was a hologram. That's because that's who Garibaldi is. They didn't really do much research on him. I think I think he was always one of my favourite characters as well, Garibaldi, because he just uh, he was always so clever and uh, there's something going on, but like not not in the way of all the you know the political ones you expect them to be uh, mm. up to stuff. But he was well, the thing working is, he's a, a really com- yeah, he's a really complex character as well, though, which makes it great. Yeah, because he went through a whole load of stuff with um, the whole best uh, mind manipulation things this season. And then you've got what happens to him next season. I I wonder whether anyone's listening to this who's only seen up to season four and hasn't seen season five.
how hard must it be for um, the actors in the background just to stand still and try not to breathe and just stare forward yeah. through this whole entire thing. It's very, very hard to stand that still. Yeah. And you can bet that there'll be um, plenty of outtakes where they've just started giggling. That usually happens if they have to Definitely. stand that still. Yeah. Uh, you know, you must get some training as an actor to do things like this, though. Oh, that's it's got to be scary that if your holograms are suddenly in control. <laughs> yeah. Almost heartbreaking, really. The way this is is kind of. And then the next sequence we're about to go to. A thousand years from target date. And we've actually gone backwards in technology, which is brilliant. <laughs> After a whole nuclear holocaust like that, you would. <laughs> well, it's something that's happened anyway. There's technology from the past that's been forgotten. It's just people assume it only goes forward. Oh, definitely. And it's a lovely little scene. Both actors are kind of calling it. You kind of need this after the two intense sequences we've just seen. Bit of comedy, but it still makes you think. They always seem to make the characters well-rounded, though, in Babylon 5. You... A lot of shows, it's, they'll concentrate on the main ones and uh, then there'll be a few cut-out characters, but never really got that feeling much when watching no, that. And, and these, they're just uh, here and they just seem seem to completely inhabit this world immediately. Oh, definitely, and it's it's not just the actors or the writers, it's a great combination of both. Mm. And then you get a nice, for the most part, nice bit of set design so the actors can really feel like they belong in this world. Yeah. Although this, the older actor here, um, I don't know his name, but I've seen him in lots of things. He's uh, one of those brilliant character actors that gets brought in and always does a, a good job. Yeah, do you notice each time they cut to a new camera, there's little Roman numerals in the bottom uh, left-hand corner? Oh, I hadn't been noticing that. Yeah. It's just a nice little element. Is that a clue to something? Or are you keeping that uh, secret? <laughs> well, no, it's in this scene where we find out that they're part of a, a church and the whole, you know, idea of using Roman numerals it's, and this is an ancient time, it's playing into that sense of an older world but with little traces of modern technology or advanced technology. Mm. They're hidden cameras, but at the same time, the way he's recording the fact it, what each camera is, is to use Roman numerals rather than numbers. Yeah, it's good when you get little touches like that. They've really thought it through. 
Yeah, and he mentioned Lorien here, who we seen in the early season, and this whole sequence here, their holy book is based on the events of the Babylon 5 series, are the people we, we've been seeing have been mythologised. Yeah. And they would, because, you know, after a nickel explosion, you know, civilization is, you know, destroyed, more or less, and people can only record what they remember, and then that gets distorted. Yeah. And people are going to want to cling to it, because they need some feeling of connection with the past. Yeah. But at the same time, 500 years later, they remember they they went to the stars, but that heaven is something separate from the stars. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a mixture of old and new. Of they they as a civilization know that space is space, and there's civilizations out there, but they also have the whole mythological or spiritual concept of a heaven. Yeah. It's sort of making me wish more shows would um, do this sort of glimpse into the future. Because you always yeah, wonder, definitely. you know, what happened later. And you, you, oh, you'll you find do, out what happens definitely. next season. But what, what affects, you know, if something's had a world-changing event going on, you want to know what how that changed things in a hundred years' time or further. Oh, definitely. And some people say, oh, I wish there was a season six of Babylon 5. no. No, I don't, because that was one story. What you really want is to see another story in that universe. Tell a story of something that happened 200 years later, 50 years later. I want to see these guys get a series. Yeah, this would be a really interesting series. Because it wouldn't just be here on Earth. You'd have all the people out in the uh, stars as well. And they're talking about faith, but at the same time, it's not... It, they're talking about faith in a religious sense, but faith isn't just faith in a religious sense. You have to have faith in, you know, your own personal beliefs. You have to have faith in your feelings, faith in other things. Uh, you know, not everything can be 100% certain. You do have to have both. That's a great place. faith to that you've got to surrender yourself to the possibility of hope. Well, that's just the faith that things will work out all right in the end, isn't it? But but that is, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the same time, essentially, that is what faith is. That you know. That's a non-religious you know. faith, but it's a sort of faith that we all need. But even religious faith is faith in the hope of something better. Hmm. Yeah, you know, the possibility of something better. It's a hope that there is something better. 
Yeah, here we find out he's been recording. <laughs> and they're using solar energy cells. Yeah, that's a nice touch. <laughs> and the great thing is that he's a ranger. He's actually ranger since worth. But, you know, because of when and where he is and, you know, He's not the sort of ranger you'd expect from this series you've seen. Yeah. The the what rangers are are more at this time is more than just a fighting force. Well, they already established that they would be gathering information, and if you want to gather information, yeah. you, it's best that you not you don't seem too obvious of what people expect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to wonder as well how long before the human race rebuilt itself and went back out to the stars. Mm. Of course, there must still be a few humans out there, but you know the majority of the human race would be on Earth. They might even keep going through the same cycle. teaser there as to what's really going on oh I like this bit you know it's a million years in the future isn't it (laughs) Uh, it's a great little bit as well because this is a million years in the future the great thing about this is in the Babylon 5 universe humans have a future the human race has a future yeah they do I mean that's something we tend to see in humans you know whatever happens we will survive somehow <laughs> yeah but Cause, uh, most of the time it's not as nicely done as this no but I mean one of the human strengths is adapting so, our, yeah. how our world is can completely change. Yeah, and then you look at this, we're now an energy ball. Yeah. Essentially, the human race is an energy ball. But I've got a kind of theory. You noticed he was bald? Yeah. Well, the, oh, there you've got the ranger symbol on the ship as well. Well, I've kind of got two theories. That, um... The, you know, Membari are bald, bald and a bone... Mm. So I kind of got this theory that in the future, Membari and humans are actually one race. That's not just the future of the human race. That's the future of the human and Membari race as one race who might well, that f- call themselves rangers. Yeah. They are the ranger race. Yeah. Because that far in the future, I mean, um, you'd expect if they're in contact, you'd get a lot more... Uh, mixing. Yeah, I mean, and it starts here, really, you know, mm. with um, Delenn and Sheridan. And it's a lovely little coda that, uh, and, and, and that Delenn says, he, history will take care of itself, don't worry about the tomorrows, but they wonder whether they'll have an impact. Yeah. And we've just seen they will. Yeah. All the way through to a million years. 
and I love this little thread dedicated to all the people who predicted Babylon Project would fail. <laughs> uh, and I missed what it finished saying, but it's a lovely little sentiment. Yeah. And I really do love this episode. Yeah, that was really, really interesting. It, it's one of those where um, you could probably pick up lots more stuff as you rewatch it, especially as you say after the uh, series five as well, when there's links to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and of course uh, another thing as well about the that thing of million years in the future, uh, the human Mambari, as I think of it, the ranger is that um, we're an energy being like the Volons and the Shadows, but our energy being stuck... Sorry. <laughs> our... But our energy being state is actually far more like Lorien and whatever his race was because the Volons, you know, they're basically being of light um even when they appear as uh angels they're not like that was like a, in a physical form that or they're made of light and they're and they seem to be kind of this um almost ethereal um squid-like creature um, but we saw there that, yeah, the humans seem to be able to shift from a physical form to a ball of energy. Mm. Although they do seem to have used what looks like ball on technology because they've got an encounter suit. Yeah, I did notice and their that ship, very similar. Yeah, yeah it, it was quite cool that basically they use an encounter suit so they must be guiding younger races in the future. Yeah. Which, I mean, you couldn't exactly make a series out of it, but it could make a really cool book. You know, having, you know, these alien races doing stuff, being guided by this mysterious race they only know as humans. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe Rangers, as I said earlier, but yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining me, Josh. Oh, it was, it was lots of fun. Yeah, it's been easier doing it than by myself. Anyway, thanks for listening to this, and I'll see you with everyone else on the next Down Below podcast. <laughs>